Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Thanks, Khan. Good morning, church. Now, I am a new kid on the block. So I thought before I got into the sermon this morning, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about myself and my family because I may not have met all of you yet. So my husband and I have been at LifeGate for about a year. And we came to LifeGate because we moved house from Cherrybrook to Barden Ridge. And we've been at a church called Community Church Hornsby for 16 years. And we loved that church. But it was a bit far to travel from Barden Ridge to Hornsby. So we needed a new church home. And we are thrilled that we found LifeGate. Um, so my husband, Andrew, is here in the middle. Get in the way, babe. <laughs> Rocking the beard. He loves his beard. Um, So we've been married for 17 and a half years. We've got four gorgeous kids together. I do have a brag photo. These are my four gorgeous kids. We've got Joey, who's 15, Archer, who's 12, Nathaniel, who's 9, and Chloe, who's 5. She does run our family. I can tell you it's true. Um, You can probably tell from this photo that I produce very gorgeous children, but you can also probably tell that my son, Nathaniel, who I don't think is in the room, is he, babe? He's not here. He's here? He's Nady. He's my gorgeous boy. So Nady, I hope you don't mind me talking about you, Nate. You don't mind? Okay, good. He loves having attention. So Nate has a rare syndrome called Apert syndrome. So to know our family is to know that about us. Um, you know, parenting, it's not for the faint-hearted, right? Like, it's hard. Anyone agree? It's hard. Special needs parenting. Hmm. That takes the heart of a warrior. So Andrew and I have walked a walk with Nady, and he has also walked a walk. So to know us is to know that about us. So I um, work full-time, I, which is life is very full, raising four kids and working full-time. Um, I trained as an occupational therapist, and I currently work as a clinical educator. So I go into hospitals, and I educate nurses and other OTs about preventing pressure injuries bed sores, pressure sores. So that's all I really know anything about, just that. Um, Most importantly, I love the Lord Jesus. So I grew up in a Christian family. I've been in church my whole life, which has been an honor and a privilege. And when I was 16, I had a real encounter with the Lord. And he moved from being my grandfather to being my father. And I really started my relationship with him. And he's taken me on some very high mountains and down some pretty low valleys, which I'm going to share with you a bit about today. Okay, now that you know a little bit about me, the title of our sermon today is Faithful Through the Storms of Life. Has anyone noticed that life is full of storms? Mm. Yeah, is there anything else? (laughs) true, right? So I know that I'm speaking to an audience of people that you may be currently in a storm, or you've just come out of a storm and finally everything's calmed down, or you're about to go into a storm and you don't even know it yet. So Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. This is going to be an encouraging sermon. (laughs) (laughs) But then he said, take heart, I have overcome the world. We are in Christ 
and we too are overcomers. No matter what life throws at us, we can be faithful through the storms of life. Amen? So we're going to base our sermon on this scripture. This is a parable that Jesus spoke about at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And it's a parable about building the house on a rock. So the Sermon on the Mount, it is a meaty sermon. He, Jesus gives so much instruction, so much teaching. And at the end of it, he says this. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So here we have two men. Both of them hear the words of Jesus. Both of them have been to church. Both of them have read the Bible. They both know the words of Jesus. They both are building a house. And they both face storms. What's the difference? One does the words of Jesus, builds his house on the rock. Jesus calls him wise. And when the storm comes, he stays standing. The other does not do the words of Jesus. He builds his house on the sand. And when the storms come, it all falls apart. I know who I want to be. Probably the same. You want to be the wise one? (laughs) The one that built their house on the rock? So what's the key to that? The key is... Hearing the words of Jesus and doing them. It's about hearing what Jesus said in the word of God. It's about being in the word. And then it's actually putting it into practice in our lives. Yeah, it's simple, but very profound. So I want to tell you a story about a storm that happened in my own life. And what the Lord taught me through that storm and how he brought me to a place of strength through that storm. So... Here is a picture of my spine. This is a cross-section of my spine. So you're looking down the center of my spinal column. Can you see the tumor? Mm. So that's where my spinal cord is. And the tumor was squishing my spinal cord at the worst point down to one millimeter. So I want to give you the background story to what happened with this situation. So this was the beginning of 2020. And at that time... My husband, Andrew, had been made redundant from his job, and he was out of work, and he was our main breadwinner. So I had a little side job of uh, disability support work, um, but he was our breadwinner, and we were running out of money. So we decided, let's both go try to get a full-time job. And praise the Lord, I got one straight away. So the day before I was going to start my new job, I was starting on the Tuesday, the day before I started, I had my MRI, and I got this picture. So I saw this picture for the very first time at 9.30 at night in the emergency department of Royal North Shore Hospital. And the neurosurgeon brought this picture up and said, you have a large tumour in your spinal cord. And I said to him, thank you, I can see that, Captain Obvious. (laughs) I can see there's a large tumour in my spinal cord. And he said to me, we actually don't know how it's possible you're walking, but you cannot leave hospital. We're going to have to schedule in surgery 
And if we leave that tumour there, you will 100% end up a paraplegic. If we remove the tumour, we may paralyse you as we remove it. But we recommend you have the surgery. And then he left. Now, I was left in the emergency department all night long. There was no bed for me on the ward. And anybody who knows emergency departments well would know how chaotic they can be. So I was in a bed with my curtain pulled around me, but I could hear everything that was going on, and it was like a storm. You know, a man across the hall from me, you know, he needed CPR, so all the bells and whistles went off, and they worked on him and brought him back, which is amazing, but it was full on. A few beds down from me, there was a little old lady who was very confused, and every half an hour she would yell out, is it time to get up, dear? Is it time to get up? And the nurse would put her back to bed and half an hour later, is it time to get up, dear? Oh my gosh, stop yelling at it. Is it time to get up? So there was a storm brewing around me in the emergency department and there was a storm starting to brew in my thinking as I started to process this diagnosis I had just received. Like, okay, I have a tumour in my spinal cord. Okay, is that cancer? Um, am I going to end up a paraplegic? What kind of pain am I going to go through to have this thing sorted out? I don't really want to do life as a paraplegic. And we don't have any money. And the solution to us not having any money is my job that I'm meant to start tomorrow, and I now can't start that job, and I have no idea if I ever can. Like, what are we going to do? And in that moment of that storm brewing in my head, as I lay in an environment that felt like a storm, I cried out to the Lord, Lord, I need you right now. And he gave me a picture of being in a boat in a storm, just like the disciples. And they were so afraid of the storm, and I was so afraid of the storm. And I looked down, and in my boat, there is Jesus asleep just like he was in the storm with the disciples. He was asleep. So, okay, Lord, you're here, but you're asleep. Now, I know the Lord well, and I'd already walked through storms with him. So I know he's the King of kings and Lord of lords. I know that nothing is impossible for him. I know he's Jehovah Rapha. He's the healer, and I know he loves me. And I know that he said all things work together for good for those who are called, love him and called according to his purpose. I know that's who he is. So I thought, okay, Lord, if you're asleep, that's because you're so confident in your ability to get up and calm the storm. You're so confident this is all going to work out okay. And you're here and you're with me and you love me. And you're at, so at rest and so at peace that you can sleep through this. You know what? I'm just going to lie down and sleep next to you. I'm just going to go and be in your rest. And I fell asleep in the emergency department that night, imagining I was lying in a boat in a storm, holding the hands of Jesus, sleeping next to him. And I can tell you, he gave me a peace that made no sense. I had a peace that transcended understanding. It didn't make sense. Anybody who saw me through that season would say, she's nuts. <laughs> Has she really processed what's going on? No, I just knew he was in my boat. And yes, the storm hadn't stopped yet, but he was in my boat and he can do anything. And he got up and he calmed the storm at the right time. So the Tuesday morning, I phoned my new boss. Um, so sorry, can't start my job today. Uh, this is what's happening. And she said to me, 
No matter how long it takes for you to get better, your job is here waiting for you. And I'm still doing that job right now. That's my job. Praise the Lord. So I had the surgery was booked for the Friday, Thursday night. I was watching The Chosen on my phone in my hospital bed on the neuro ward, which is a storm all by itself. Anyway, in six bedrooms. Anyway, watching The Chosen. And it just happened to be the episode where they lower the paraplegic down through the roof and the Lord Jesus heals him. And I just knew in that moment that my Lord Jesus was going to heal me through this surgery. This would be my healing. And it was, (laughs) obviously. I can walk. And that tumour was benign. Hallelujah. And in the time it took for me to recover and before I could start my job, the Lord provided everything we needed financially. I had friends put $3,000 into our account. It just said, from God. We had $1,000 put into our letterbox. We had more than what we needed. Our Father, he got up and he calmed my storm and I did not have to live in a place of fear, anxiety or worry because I just trusted that he would get up and calm the storm when the time was right and he did. Amen. Hallelujah. He was in my boat. He's in your boat too. Yeah, he's in your boat too. So what I thought we'd do is we'll take some of the scriptures from the Sermon on the Mount and we'll make them applicable to some different types of storms we can face through life. Now, this is not an exhaustive list of different types of storms we can face, nor is it an exhaustive list of all the scriptures you could apply to them. This is quite simple, but we're just taking some of the words from the Sermon on the Mount and applying them to the storms that we can face. The first storm, a storm of loss and grief. I want to tread really carefully as we talk about this because it's real, right? Loss, losing someone we love, losing something we love, mourning and grieving. It's part of our walk in this world. Like it's part of life and it's really hard. And this is what I think the Lord wants to say to us today. He says in Matthew 5, 4, Blessed are those who mourn. For they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to grieve. Jesus modeled grieving. He made time for it. He wept. That is not your house falling down. It's okay to be real. We don't have to fake it. We can be real. And when it's time to mourn and grieve, it's blessed to do so. I think sometimes as Christians, we feel like we have to have it all together and be really, really strong all the time. The truth is, Jesus said, it's blessed to mourn when it's the right time. It's okay. And then he will be our comforter. He is the comforter. And he will comfort you through his word, through his presence, and through his people. Let him comfort you. Amen? Okay. The second storm we can go through, persecution for your beliefs. It is not nice to be ridiculed for your beliefs. It is not nice to be left out because of your beliefs. It's not nice. And I think this is something that happens today in our culture, but as our culture becomes more and more pagan, we stand out more and more as the light. And I can see that times of persecution may increase. So what does the Lord Jesus say to us if we're going through a storm of persecution? 
These are his words. He says, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecute the prophets who were before you. So we're going to put the words of Jesus into practice through persecution. What are we to do? We are to rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Amen? Isn't that good? That's our mindset. When persecution comes, rejoicing, gladness, because great is our reward in heaven. Amen? Okay. Number three. Sometimes we can be in a storm because of the consequences of our sin. So... We're all sinful, right? I stand before you as a sinful person. We all are. And it's true that our sins are forgiven by our Lord. But there are still consequences when we sin. And sometimes we can be in a storm because of those consequences. And sometimes that storm can actually be that we're just going through shame and guilt and regret. And sometimes it's a storm because of just all the things that have happened that we just have to deal with because of our sin. So let's first deal with those feelings of shame and guilt and regret. You know what? We actually have to put into practice the truth of the Word of God, that every sin is covered by the blood of Jesus. Like, we are truly actually forgiven, like actually. Like, He's removed our sin from us as far as the East is from the West. Like, it's nowhere near us anymore. We have to actually believe it and walk in that truth. So if you are living with shame and with guilt and regret, you don't have to. You don't need to live in that place. I remember going through a season of that, really feeling shame and guilt over my sin. I remember coming to the Lord again with, oh, Lord, I'm so, so sorry. I've done this again. You know what I felt our Father say to me? My daughter, that is why I died Stop feeling shame. He went to the cross and we are free from shame, from guilt, from regret. We are free from it. We walk in freedom. So if you struggle with shame, guilt, and regret, you need to put the words of Jesus into practice and walk free from that. Amen? Because what he did on the cross was enough. It was enough. And if you're living with the consequences of your sin, this is what Jesus says about sin. This is a bit full on. This is Jesus' words. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Whoa. If there is sin in your life... Cut it out. That's what he's saying. Cut sin out of your life. He's not trying to stop us having fun. He knows the wages of sin is death. It leads to destruction. So we are not perfect. We are sinful people, but we're on a path towards holiness. And we need to recognize sin and cut it out. That's what we need to do. Not to feel guilty about it, just to stop doing it and walk in freedom from that sin. I'll leave that with you. That's the Lord's words. Okay, number four. Pain and suffering caused by others. Life is hard and humans are broken and they hurt us. 
And sometimes the people that we love the most can hurt us the most. It's part of this life. Pain and suffering caused by others. Here's what Jesus said. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. If there are people in your life that have hurt you, caused you pain and suffering, here's what we do to put Jesus' words into practice. We bless them. We do good to them. We pray for them. And this is kind of against human nature. This is pretty countercultural, actually. Usually we get out for revenge, right? When someone's hurt us, we kind of want to hurt them back. That's not how Jesus says to live. We're going to build a life that is wise, that is strong through the storms. We need to put these words into practice. Bless your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those people who have hurt you. The Lord doesn't say you have to be best friends with them, by the way. He doesn't say you have to do life with them. He says to treat them like this. And then you're walking in wisdom. Sounds good, right? Sounds good. Okay. The last storm, I tried to cover everything else. (laughs) Anything that makes you stressed, anxious, or worried. Anything that keeps you up at night. Whether it be your health, somebody you love's health your finances, your kids, your elderly parents, anything that causes you stress, anxiety, and worry. Here's what the Lord would say to us today. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. That's a really good word, isn't it? (laughs) Do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? What does worrying give us? Absolutely nothing good. Or like Melody would say, wrinkles and gray hair. (laughs) What does worrying give us? Nothing. Do not worry about your life. It's a good word, isn't it? It's a really good word. We need to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding. We need to actually trust Him. And when it says lean not on our own understanding, that's because sometimes things actually don't make sense. And you can't actually work out what would be the purpose in this happening. Sometimes the Lord makes it clear why we go through storms. And sometimes we just don't know why. And I know through watching my son Nathaniel go through suffering over and over and over and over again. I learnt that I was just to stop asking the question why. To trust in the Lord with all of my heart to lean not on my own understanding, to all my, in all my ways acknowledge him and he'd make my path straight. And that's exactly how I lived. I learned to trust very deeply when things didn't make sense. And that's what it's like to be faithful through the storms of life. We trust in the goodness of God even when things don't make sense. 
Sometimes we just have to stop asking why because we may not get the answer until one day we stand before him and everything's made clear. Until then, he's good. Amen? He's good. And he's working for our good, even in the times it doesn't make sense. So let's have a little recap. Some storms that we may face. And what does the Lord say to do? Grief and loss. It's okay to mourn. And it's okay to know him as your comforter. It's okay to be real and not fake when we're in the storms of life. If you're going through persecution for your beliefs, the Lord would say to you, my child, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. If you're going through a storm because of the consequences of your sin, cut the sin out of your life. Repent and cut it out. Move towards that direction of cutting it out. Deal with it. And know that you're forgiven and your sin is removed from you as far as the east is from the west. Believe in the truth of the word of God of what the Lord has done on the cross. If you are going through a storm of pain and suffering that's been caused by others, what Jesus would say to do, what to put into action so that your life is wise and you are strong through the storm is you are to bless them. You are to do good to them. You are to pray for them. And then anything that makes you anxious, worried, or stressed, you need to not worry about your life. Listen to the words of Jesus. Do not worry about your life and trust him. He's good, he's got this, and he loves you. Amen? So we're going to finish with one last scripture. I'm going to ask the band to come back up and lead us in some worship as we finish up. I don't want you to leave this sermon today fearful of storms because they are part of life, but nothing is ever wasted in the kingdom of heaven. So I've got a really encouraging scripture for us to finish on today. It comes from James 1 verses 2 to 4, and it says this, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Nothing that you have ever been through, you're ever currently going through right now, or you're ever going to go through in the future is ever wasted in the kingdom. The Lord will use it all to mature you, to bring you to a place of completeness so that you lack nothing. Amen? It's good. So why don't we worship Him? And this morning, if you need prayer, if the Lord has spoken to you about something in particular today, you need to pray it through, or you're in a storm and you need someone to stand with you so that you can understand that He is good through the storm, I encourage you to come and get prayer this morning. Let's spend some time worshiping our God. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.